1: What's up, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. We got some good pod for you this week. Today, our friend Justin Matat is in studio talking about an important subject, and that's bullying. What do you do if your child is being bullied? How do you help them? What do you say to them? What do you do if your kid is the bully? All that and more on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? So good to see you today. We've got Justin Matat in the studio, going to talk about bullies, and bullying and what we can do about it uh Justin we're going to look there even though our screen is here it's always hard to do that where are we going to look at the camera at that camera oh. I know, I always forget, because normally when we're doing split screen, I put the camera right where we're looking. In front of us, yeah. Which makes it easier. Now I look at myself out of the corner of my eye and hope no one notices. <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 So and the podcast watch-
1: listeners are like, what are you talking <laughs> what about? What are you doing?
2: Yeah, because we do video too. Because people just want to watch themselves. Well,
3: I am yes. so excited to have you today, because right. it's been on my heart lately and just how to equip our listeners and equip me to deal with bullies. I mean, well, I we just get think-
1: floods of... Yep. I mean, Instagram and Facebook messages and emails, and then just talking to like people at our kids' school. The subject of what to do about a bully, like literally, I was watching TikTok. I know I'm 49 years old. I was watching TikTok. Uh, (laughs) And a dad came on and said, uh, My nine year old just got suspended from school for three days for getting into a fight. He's been bullied by this kid. He's talked to the teachers, he's talked to the administration. His mom Mm. has called the administration, his mom has called teachers and they didn't do anything about it, and finally he punched the kid in the face, and I'm proud of him. And I remember that happened to me. Hmm. Like, Hmm. I asked teachers, like, what can I do? I am being cornered, I'm being embarrassed and put in a situation that I don't like. I can fight, I'd rather not. Teachers didn't do anything. Went to my... you know, administrative staff. What? Can, well, we don't condone fighting. Yeah. you don't, don't condone, condone bullying either, but it's still going on. <laughs> right. Right. What do I do? I remember my dad goes, you know what, Ryan, sometimes you've just gotta lay it down. And mm. I got suspended for a week for getting into a fight. And my parents, I mean, it was the one, my parents mm. never went against school. Never went against school. I got suspended for talking too much in class. They made me take the suspension. It was so bogus. I do it for a living now, so it kind (laughs) of pays back. (laughs) My dad actually went down to the school and said, No, we're not going to take the suspension. And they were like, But we don't condone fighting. He goes, Listen, I know he's been to you. He like, full on, you know, my dad doesn't do this stuff. Yeah. Well, he doesn't like, he adores teachers. He was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. But he was like, he's talked to you and you and you and we've talked to the administration and we've all called down and you didn't do anything about it. He's coming to school tomorrow. You try and stop me. <laughs> and they were like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. What do we... Wow. But that's the last resort. You don't want kids hurting other kids. Right. Like, right. and some kids just can't imagine hurting... Even if they're getting bullied, they can't imagine it. Yes. But parents feel so helpless. Mm-hmm. Like, what... You don't want to call another parent. Like, who wants to do that? Like, call a parent up, hey, your kid's a huge jerk. Mm-hmm. Settle him down. Like, clear, there's something going on in the home. Yeah. What are some of the early things we can do? Not, I mean, just to, like even talk to our kids about what if it happens or when it does start happening. What do we do?
2: Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a huge one. And and I think, you know, what I find is a lot of people will ask me, you know, should I talk to my kids about it? I mean, I think he might be being bullied. And I'm like, wait, what? That makes no sense to me at all. Yeah. I mean, I pushed in all the time with my kids, even to the point of uncomfortable. Because if you see any change in behavior with your kids, especially they don't want to go to school or something, Ooh. you know, they have stomach aches, they, you know, all that stuff.
1: Headaches, stomach <laughs> aches, yeah. nausea. Oh, I think I'm sick. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it goes
2: on and on and Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. That means there's something going on at school that they're afraid of. And so just engage your kids. And, you know, I just talked to a good friend of mine whose kids were involved in the STEM shooting. And one of his kids Mm -hmm. is having a real struggle going to the school. Um, Justin's
1: talking about the Colorado STEM school up in Highlands Ranch where there was a shooting. uh, Just recently. In the school. Yeah, it was recent. Yeah. Tragedy. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. And, you know, and the thing
2: is, is, you know, A lot of times kids, especially like young teenagers, they get very nonverbal,
1: but you can see
2: in their mood, you can Mm -hmm. see a shift and you just push in and you just say, how are you feeling right now? What are you afraid of? Make them talk. And at first they don't want to talk, but they really do want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. They're afraid to.
1: They don't know how. And they're embarrassed. Listen, what kid wants to be like, Hey, you know what? I feel really helpless at school. There's a kid bigger than me and he's kind of pushing me around and I want to talk. No, they're having troubles. Being verbal anyway, oftentimes as teenagers. Hormones have kicked in. They're feeling all these feelings. They don't know what these all mean. And then mom and dad's prying in on something that hurts.
0: Right, right. It feels
1: bad. Right. And no one wants to feel small or helpless or weak. And yet so many kids do. And especially when puberty hits, some kids shoot up so fast. I was talking to producer Kay recently. I think I was 105 pounds as a senior in high school. I think. Hmm. Like, I was really little. And they say every guy adds 15 pounds, so. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I'm legit. I think I was 105 pounds. Huh. Uh, but yeah, I. my parents finally put me in karate, mm-hmm. and then, that was an interesting one, my karate instructor took me aside privately because I was getting beat up, like, legit beat up. Wow. And I had, I mean, here's the truth, I was very, very small, quite a quick tongue, which doesn't bode well with being as small as you are. But it was my <laughs> yeah. way of lashing like out. Like the Chihuahua it was, against the Great Dane. Yes. It was, but it was yeah. my way of being powerful. I can sure. make you feel dumb by you making me feel small. You're gonna make me feel small, I'll make you feel dumb. And then when big people feel dumb from a small person, well, then I'm just gonna hurt you. Right. And my karate teacher took me aside and was like, you're really getting beat up, aren't you? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, then we need to teach you different things. Mm-hmm. And... That was a hard lesson of bullies don't really want a fight. They want to intimidate people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But if you, I, I'm not kidding. I was in a locker room and there was a huge bully at my school and they played the flinch game. They'll fake like they're going to hit you. And if you flinch, then they do hit you. Right. Yeah. And I just decided, you know what? I've been hit enough. Like if you're going to hit me anyway, I'm going to hit. And I finally just said, you hit me, I'll hit you back. And he's like, no, you won't. I'm like, We'll see. And he did, and I hit him back. And I mean, it went, that was it. Like, and I got, oh, I got the snot kicked out of me, but I wouldn't stop. Mm. Mm. Never bothered me again. Right. But nobody wants that for their kid either. My parents, they were so helpless. Like, what do we do? I mean, I came home. Bloody nose, black eyes, bruises. Mm. And it was like, yeah, but he's not bugging me anymore. And they're like, I guess yay, but (laughs) that's the last thing we want. I mean, what if a school just won't respond? What do we do?
2: And that happens a lot. Um, and I think you know school administrators and teachers, they're in the business because they love children, sure, yeah. and the problem is, okay, so let's just take your example. You know, you are a mouthy kid, yeah, and the teacher is sick and tired of your mouth. yeah, and oh, so for your sure. teacher is thinking, no wonder the kids treat him that well. I mean, I know that because that was part of my personal experience. you know when you when you use your tongue as a knife, you know, when you're, quick-witted or you you have the ability that doesn't bode well with kids that don't like you already yep. and I think the problem is then you become a target but you said something that's so critical for kids to understand and for parents to understand. When you stand up to a bully, I promise you, 9.9 times out of 10, that bully is going to leave you alone. Because bullies don't like to be stood up to at all. Mm. They need power. And they're looking for a power source from another person. So what they're doing is they're... I tell kids, I mean, it's, as, it's almost as physical as if you think about plugging into something. The bully is plugging into you for the power. Mm-hmm. And like when the bully says, that's an ugly shirt. And you're like, oh... And you never wear that shirt again, he wins or she wins. And so they've gotten the power they want. They get their little surge of whatever, you know, hormone hits their head and then they come back for you. And Mm -hmm. then the next time it's something, you know, and they usually cross a bigger and bigger line with you until finally there's something physical that happens. But I, you know, I always tell kids, if a kid comes up to you and says, you know, just as an example, you know, that's an ugly shirt. Say, Hey, thanks. I got it at the ugly shirt store. It's really cool. You ought to go there. (laughs) And then the kid's looking at you bewilderedly like, what are you saying? Wait, you're actually, you know, using your language to, I'm insulting you and you're acting like it doesn't bother you. Do it with a smile on your face and the bully will stop because a bully's looking for power. Mm. So, you know, let's say, you know, Janie is in this classroom and the bully is going after Janie every day, bugging her, telling her she's ugly, doesn't like her braces and stuff. And she turns around one day and says, you know what? I don't care. I like my braces. Well, all of a sudden she has provided some dominance there and this kid is looking at her like, wait a second, that's not your normal reaction. And she Mm. keeps doing it more and more. Pretty soon, Janie's not getting bothered anymore. That doesn't mean the bully's not going to turn his sights on someone else. Sure. But Janie's being left alone because Janie's getting confident. I'm not giving you my power anymore. And I think one of the biggest problems we have in the anti-bullying world is we focus so much on the bully. We don't focus on the bullied. But there's three components to the bully issue, as far as I'm concerned, and my experience. The bully has a problem. Hmm. The bully wants to hurt. You know, with your buddies, if your buddy calls you, you know, some name, you know, some derogatory name, that's the way some guys just say, hey, I love you. Oh, for sure. You know, you're my buddy. Yeah. Yeah, right. They're not intending to hurt. But when a bully says it to you, you're ugly. Those are stupid glasses. Hey, four eyes. Yeah. Hey, stupid shirt. Yeah. You're skinny. You're small. Whatever it is, intending to hurt. Yeah. That's bullying. Yeah. And I think the problem is we've gone haywire in this politically correct world where a kid says something on the playground to one of his good buddies like, hey, dummy. Yeah. It's just friendship. It's mm-hmm. not bullying. Sure, sure, it's sure. not sure, trying sure. to hurt anybody. Yeah. Right. And then we get this hyper vigilance and that protects the bully because now everybody is in his category. Uh, and I say his, it's often a girl too. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, 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 yeah, for sure, yeah.
2: for sure. But we make this big blanket statement that, no, no, we can't yeah. use those words, you know, and I that's know that. Be- I mean,
1: listen, guys growing up, giving each other a hard time, that's just part of guys growing up. All my friends, we still do that at times. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? Like, I tend to go overboard on things, and my friends tease me about it now, I'm 49 years old, it's no big deal. They love me, I know they do, right. they think it's funny, Right. Uh, yeah. It's not a big deal. And so, yes, if everything it's like the kid that chewed his graham cracker to a gun and it was zero tolerance policy and they suspended him from school. And it's like, no, 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 no. <sighs> you know, that happened with a chicken nugget. You know, there's the one boot shape and the kid went pow, pow, pow with a chicken nugget gets suspended from school. Zero tolerance. And now you've put everybody into that cat. It's like, no, no, no. And it wasn't even loaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I mean, this,
2: it's ridiculous. You know, a little kindergartner that saw a war scene in the clouds because they asked him to tell, tell me what you see in the clouds. And he, oh, well, sure, I see oh. guns in the clouds. Yep. You can't tell me what I see in the clouds. That's what he sees. Yeah. That doesn't suspend a kindergartner for three yep. days. Yeah. But see, that's what I'm talking about. We've gone so far. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm married to a teacher and I understand the teacher world. They're trying very hard to make every child in their room comfortable sure you know sure mm. but you've got the helicopter moms you got the bulldozer dads you know you've got all this stuff that you know it's very tough to fight against mm. but i really i don't know many and i know many 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 teachers because i've been to thousands of schools i don't know a teacher that doesn't love children and yeah. isn't there for the right reason yeah except mm. for the ones that are in the last two years that are just yeah, <laughs> trying, <laughs> to time. trying to get there <laughs> that's funny in my head i'm like
1: well at I the end of the but you yeah. know what they don't like some career. children
2: Sure. Because that child is making themselves very unlikable. Mm. And I think sometimes those are the kids that end up being targets by the bullies. Sure,
3: yeah. You know. That's interesting, so what, Well, real quick, what was the second thing? You said there were three things. Oh yeah.
2: Oh, three things. You got the bully.
0: Yeah.
2: You got the bullied. The so bullied. So the kid that's getting picked on. Mm-hmm. And then you got the bystander. And the bystander can be worse than a bully. Because, I, I mean, like, think about mm. this. I'm in fourth grade. My story is, you know, I'm in fourth grade. I'm wearing an eye patch and a leg brace. Yeah, and that's, that's Justin's
1: story. I've been reading it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had an eye patch and a leg brace <laughs> yeah. legitimately yeah. in the fourth grade. Yeah. And, yeah. That's instant. And by the way, that's a while, like, mm. the era that we grew up in, instant. Target for bullies. Oh, absolutely. Maybe yeah. not as much today. It's like a, a bit of a different. It can be a bit of a different era. You sure hope. And when you were growing up, for sure. A target. We're going straight for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Plus, I had been advanced in grade, so they didn't want me in their grade. Oh. oh. So I'm I'm a little kid that's not supposed yep. to be in their class. right and
1: you're a curve buster. A curve buster. Yeah. If you go out on a curve, you're the one that's breaking the curve. I'm busting, it's like, their no. curve. busting yeah. the curve. And, and I like
2: to read. What a weirdo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> me so these three boys decided Target. And mm. so every day for me was just absolutely miserable because th- three boys on one, two years older than you, there's nothing you can do. Right. They're okay. bloodying my nose. They're messing me up every day. And What you know, were your
1: parents doing at the time? You come home, obviously they see what's happening. Yeah.
2: I lied. Yeah. So what I told everybody was, you know, like when the teacher saw my nose bloody and my shirt was constantly, my glasses were messed up, I tripped and fell because of my leg brace.
0: Mm. Well, she
2: wasn't observant enough to know that I took the leg brace off at recess. Uh, so I'm lying. So I'm yeah. telling you know all these lies to people yeah. to because I'm afraid of the bullies. I think if I say anything, they're going to get me more. Sure. Yeah. But the thing that always has perplexed me about that time was this is a playground that's full of children, boys and girls in uniforms at a Catholic school. This little boy is being trashed by three kids and not one of the other kids stood up for Mm. him Mm. not one of those bystanders said hey that's not cool
1: so the third part is teaching your kid hey if you see this going on it's not okay
2: absolutely interrupt that. this is an injustice yeah this child did not do anything but look weird
1: yeah you know so
2: he combs his hair over like a dead ferret i mean it's uh, my my pictures i
1: mean i was a mess i had the tony hawk mcsqueed (laughs) come on super long bang (laughs) shaved on the side oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I I'll, did that on purpose. Oh, look, at you should see my call it mullet. Oh, college nice. mullet. Oh, man.
2: Yeah. I went to a specialist. You know anyway. what? That's <laughs> a, that is a
1: great point, though, because it only takes a couple kids that are like, hey, hey we, we don't do that. That's not how we act. And then it's like, what? Oh, you know. Right. What do you mean? Mm. Right. I'm not getting the response that I want. Yeah. What they want is compliance from everyone. Yeah. And they want other kids to laugh which gives them more power, mm-hmm. and if you're the one standing up being like, no, 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 we, that's, we, we don't do that, we yeah. don't do that to the weak, we didn't do that to the, it's mm-hmm. not like you chose to have a leg brace and you chose to have an eye patch, you didn't right. come to school that way. I see kids dressed all the time, you know, the size 28 waist with the size 50 pants, and you're like, yeah. um.
2: Yeah, you're targeting yourself. Interesting right. choice. Now, the thing is, is if that kid can pull that off, yeah. if that kid can pull off 58 size with a 32 waist, yeah. and they don't care what other people think. I mean, I had one of those sons. I had a son who wore sh- <laughs> he wore overall shorts in sixth grade and took all of his keychain, like the little game keychains, and hung them on his shorts. And the, the boys would be like, only girls wear overalls. And he would say... Obviously, not only girls do, because I'm wearing them. Oh, my goodness. But the confidence that kid had, had, It changes it. It changes everything. Because then the boys are just kind of like... And, you know, he ends up nominated, you know, the friendliest kid in high school. Yeah. Not popular, but the friendliest. Yeah. So what do you
3: suggest to teach the kids that confidence, to teach our kids that confidence?
2: Well, I think part of that goes back to... um, I mean it it's weird because this is gonna sound really broad based and turn some listeners off, but I hope you remember these days. I remember the days when the family sat around the table and had dinner together. Yeah. Not in front of a television, not tuned out on not a device. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean we didn't do that sometimes, but we had the times where the boys would sit at our dinner table and we had conversation. You can't program quality time. You've gotta have quantity time to create quality.
1: Thank you so huh. much. Right? Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. I had a dad tell me, he's like, I travel a lot for work, but you know when I'm home, I really spend quality time with my kids. Yeah. And I was like, how old's your kid? By the way, I wasn't married, didn't have kids. <laughs> this is a long time ago. And he's like, five. And I go, oh, your five-year-old doesn't know what quality time is. But they do know what quantity time is. Yeah. The quantity time leads to quality time Absolutely. because you've earned the right to hear them right. with your time because mm. you're showing your kids, I care about you, I want to spend time with you. Right. Yeah. You right. know, We try to do dinners together almost every night. Frank Luntz uh, was a CNN commentator and had a whole list of things you can almost guarantee your kid won't get into, like promiscuity, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, all these things. One of them was having dinner four or five nights a week together. It's that simple. Just erases it out of their life. It's that simple. Because mm. you're spending that much time. We have the stupid game we play. Called "Don't Tip the Waiter." There's a little wooden waiter with his hands out yeah. like this, and the arms can move. And then you stack miniature wooden plates, and and then it falls over. It's like uh, funky Jenga, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spending time with your kids that often allows them the freedom and the comfortability. To actually say, you know what I am feeling like it's not the one time a month. Yeah. How are you feeling? What's going? On? We're gonna sp- right. we're gonna find out everything about you right now. It's right. like no, yeah. you're not
2: because you're gonna be emotionally ready to dump.
1: I have a lot of parenting experts talk about being near your kid. I have a friend that reads in his daughter's bedroom. That's awesome. She's doing homework. He lays on the bed and reads. That's awesome. And then when she wants to talk, he puts the book down. That's awesome. It's like I just have to be near you long enough for you to be like. Mm. I do want to talk to you right, well and right. one
3: of our guests I don't way back at the beginning talked about shoulder time just with your <laughs> with your boys I have a young almost teenage boy and just having shoulder time with him if he's you know doing his homework yeah. or playing on the screen or just coloring or drawing yep. but just be with him doing what he's doing at his shoulder mm-hmm. you know and just spending that mm-hmm. time so then when he does want to talk mm-hmm. he's already used to yep. you being there yep. Yep. you know it's like oh That's you put totally, in the time
1: she's exactly right our third uh, almost 13 year old my goodness teenage wasteland <laughs> <laughs> my goodness it's happening the so yep. he plays in Fortnite tournaments and as much of a gamer as i have been in my past i don't hold a candle to lincoln i can't hold a candle to him if we played one-on-one in Fortnite, he would win a hundred times out of a hundred there's not one time i would luckily win (laughs) and yet i watch all of his tournaments so and they're forever i fell asleep during one the other night it is amazing one he'll run his strategy past me which he doesn't need to do because he's way better than i am i have nothing to say but it's very interesting that every now and then he'll be in the middle of a battle, and he'll start talking to me about something important. Mm-hmm. In the middle of something where he he wants to win, he needs to win if he's going to continue on to the next level. He can win money and prizes now because he's gotten to that certain mm-hmm. level. And yet, middle of a battle, he starts talking just because I'm there. Right.
2: I just stayed up you're there.
1: late at night to watch him do his thing. Right. Yeah. You know,
2: which is like watching paint dry sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it says to him is you're important. Yeah. You know, And people want to be important. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they want their, especially their parents and their loved ones to think they're important. Yes. And if yep. I see yep. you a couple hours a week, mm. am I important? Or is your BMW important? Is your yeah. job important? Mm-hmm. Is traveling and making that next deal important? I mean, kids don't understand that. They don't do the math. Right. Yep. That's why we're living in a selfie world. I mean, you got Mm. these kids who are trying to get acknowledgement from the rest of the world because they're not getting it at home. Now, that isn't all kids because I have a a friend who her daughter does selfies all the time. and She's a wonderful mom. But by and large, I think people are like trying so hard on social media to get relevance, to feel important. Mm. How many likes did I get on this post? I'll use a different filter now. Right. You know, my face didn't look right. (sighs) I mean, it's it's scary, and yeah. then the cyber bullying. Yeah, I you know? was wanting to ask oh. you about
3: that. So, how does that even start? Like, because oh. I don't, my son's not on any social media, and smart. I'm not on too much social media except for Ruffle Say Parenting. that
1: again. Say what?
2: Smart? smart. Yeah. It's so smart not to have your kids on social media.
1: I'm telling you, I Justin, mean, really I don't is. get it. I mean, mm. my son wanted to go on a certain platform, and I was like, I don't know what's on the. Oh no, it's totally just fun. People just make funny videos. It's really funny. Oh yeah. And I went on. There was. One, there's no age restriction. So there's not the, you know, you can't be, you have to be at least 13 to be on it. There's no restriction. The stuff that was on was crowds Like, bro, there's no oh, yeah. way. Oh, all yeah. of his friends' parents are like, what? What are you talking about? They're yeah, all Because they haven't it. looked.
2: Because they don't have shoulder time with them. <laughs> yep. yeah, they I mean, if you it. want to see what your kids are seeing, sit with them. We had a policy. I mean, in early days of the computer coming out, we had a computer in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. That's the only place. Yeah. Because I could look over the shoulder and at the see. conversations. And I mean, it's, you know, you have it in the bedroom. You have no idea what's going yes. on. Yes. And they will tell you what you need to hear. Of exactly. course. Even yeah. the best kid's going to tell you what you want to hear. And there's
1: sure. an, you know, we say no screens in the bedroom until they're at a maturity level to handle it. It's not an age. It's a, right. No, yeah. we've had enough discussions. We know who you are. We know what's important to you. Mm. When Lincoln was young, he was on the Lego app, which was getting likes and dislikes and he was trying to figure out what would get more likes in his Lego building. And I was like, no. Right. Legos are fun. Right. Yeah, Aren't they fun? fun. Yeah. yeah, they're totally just fun. be a child. Then why just do you care it. what anybody else thinks right. of your Lego? Just build. Right. Just build for yeah. fun.
2: And the kid that says he doesn't like your Legos, it's because he's envious. Yes. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. You know, people don't like stuff when they're envious of that. You know, that's the problem with the social media world now is what people put onto social media is a perfect life.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so
2: you <laughs> look like everything's just going so well. Mm. I mean, I went to my high school reunion when Facebook was, you know, kind of new to me. I felt like I'd had my reunion before I got there. Right. Yes. But then I'm looking at these lives going oh my gosh and then i'm talking to the people saying not the same person nope. yeah you know doesn't add up
0: discrepancy
3: anyway
2: it's um you know i just don't understand why we get our self-worth from strangers because i mean i have you're gonna be impressed i have over a thousand facebook friends <laughs> and i probably yeah. know 200 of them
1: oh for sure right right, right. i mean we talk about that yeah. a lot
2: i mean it's, it's kind of it's just ridiculous but i, w- I want to go back to something that you asked about the bystander or something i want to make a point about something that um when it comes to kids that um The bullying situation. There's this really interesting, kind of an overriding thought process about bullies. The bullies are always big. And that they use their strength and power against smaller people. Mm. And that's absolutely true. But... I have talked to so many kids that are really big for their class that feel so self-conscious because they stand mm. a head taller than everyone else. Yeah. They're embarrassed, you know, and all especially of, the girls, all, all of us that are like, I want to be six, five, you yeah. know, right. are, are looking at them, but that's not how they perceive the world. You mm. know, they perceive the world as they're a freak and they're easy targets for intellectual bullies, Mm. which is really sad. Mm. But so what I tell kids when I'm in schools and and I have an opportunity to spend time with the kids, I will say to a kid who I can tell he this one kid in particular, really, really large for his age, really large and very self-conscious. I mean, you could tell he wouldn't make eye contact and stuff like that. Had an opportunity to spend some time with him. And I said to him, I said, you know something about you that I just wished when I was your age that you had been my best friend because you're so big, nobody would have messed with you. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that you're using what you have, the gift that God gave you for other people. I hope that you're protecting people who are not Mm -hmm. protected and this light popped on in this kid's head because he'd never thought about that. Yeah. Wait, I have, you know, and I said, how big is your dad? He says, six, seven. And I said, how big's your mom? Six, four. What? Said, Dude, you're going to be eight feet tall. Yeah. You better start right now being an anti-bullying advocate. Mm. But it was interesting because I ran into the kid because I go to this school every year. And this kid is a v- vigilant anti-bullying advocate and people listen to him yeah. because he's that big. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that I can change an entire grade. Oh, yeah. it can change an entire school. It can. Mm, yeah. It
1: really can. Of, we're just not going to have that happen here.
2: I'll tell you one of my favorite school visits that I did. It was when I first kind of got into doing the, um, quote unquote, anti-bullying talks sure. in schools. And I was in a middle school and it was, um, it was your typical middle school, very, very large auditorium, probably six, 700 kids crowded in there and me on a mic. And so you got the eighth grade boys that are looking at you like, he's an author, what a dork, he's a, you know, he's a square head, you know, and, but through the stories, they're starting to get engaged. And, you know, I can see them leaning forward. And that's what I always want to get the hardest kids in the room. Mm. But when I started the assembly, all the teachers were, some of the teachers were standing, but most of them were seated with their classes. But all the kids were seated except for one boy. He was standing up against the back gym wall. And I thought it was a little peculiar that, you know, because you could tell he was a kid, but he was a very large kid. I mean, very large kid. Mm. I mean, I'm talking an eighth grader that was probably six four, And just a big, big, big yeah. boy. And um, he was standing, you know, with his posture, you know, with his arms crossed and, you know, his leg up against the wall, even though the teacher kept saying, get your leg off the wall. <laughs> you know, he was, you know, doing the power play. And he was listening to me. I could tell he was listening to me, but he's kind of trying to act unaffected, you know. Yeah. And, and he became the kid I targeted because I thought that's the kid that I need to change his heart in this room. Mm. I don't know why, but there's something about that kid because he's acting so belligerent. So I started telling the story about when I was picked on in fourth grade and these three bullies coming after me. And I was very fortunate that my, that my dad... After everyone left, my dad made me my favorite breakfast and sat down at the table and talked to me and asked me what was going on. Mm. He says, you know, I know that you keep saying that you just it's hard, but what's going on? What's really going on? I didn't want to tell him. So I told him my story, but I told him it was my best friend's story. Yeah. And I was able to push it away. And my dad was wise enough to know that I was (laughs) talking about my life. And I told him about these three kids that were just horrific. And and, uh, then my dad just said something. He says, you know, I've never known anybody funnier than you. And I'm so sad because you haven't been funny for the last month. You're just moping around the house. Mm. But if those bullies, if those kids, if your friend, you know, he's trying to help me. Yeah. If you told your friend all those really funny stories and he went to school and told those stories, I bet those bullies would start to like him. And I was like, No way, Dad. Well, my dad said, Well, you know, I'm the eleventh of eleven kids. I understand bullies. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, I was the youngest. Oh goodness. So what do I have to lose? I mean, I'm gonna get punched today. So I go to school and and you know, I start to tell this story, and all of a sudden one of the kids starts snorting like a pig and it made me laugh so hard, but I didn't want him to think I was laughing at him. So it made me funnier because when you're laughing, you're getting funnier and funnier. Well, anyway, by the time I was done, those three bullies were looking at me with different eyes. And the Mm. meanest kid looked at me and he said, wow, you really are funny. And I was like, yeah. You know, and so the next day they come back looking for a story. Right. And so I tell them a funny story. Then the next day they come in black and pretty soon they're telling everybody on the playground, if you mess with him, you mess with us. Yeah. And my life has changed yeah. because of, you know, just one small thing. Well, so going, going back to this kid, I'm telling this story in this middle school. This kid's up against the, the wall. I get to the point where these bullies are holding me down and punching me. Mm. And this kid comes off the wall and just screams, I'll oh, kick bleep 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 for you. And I, everybody in the room just looks at <laughs> him back. and the teacher's like to the office. And I was like, wow, that was a very, very vocal expression from that story. Yeah. And so of course, you know, I'm just kind of tripping, trying to get back into yeah. the story and stuff. Well, anyway, long story short on that. This kid comes in and talks to me. I'm in the teacher's lounge. There's no teachers in there. And the counselor sends him in to talk to me. And um, he said, I'm really sorry that I disturbed your assembly. And I said, well, Mm. it's okay, But I mean, you were very, very passionate. What was going on? He goes, I can't believe those guys did that to you. I can't believe that. I would. I mean, if I were there, I would have just beat the crap out of them. (laughs) Mm. And I was like, wow, I wished you had been there with me. (laughs) And then the counselor comes in and sits down and says, well, Ryan, did you tell Mr. Mattat why you were standing against the wall? Total silence. Mm. And I said, Ryan, what was going on? Well, he had just punched a kid in the hall. He's the biggest bully in the school. Hmm. But he comes off the wall because he hears a story by somebody he admires and likes. Mm-hmm. And the counselor says, do you think whatever the kid's name is, Matt, is any different than Mr. Matat was? Mm. You like him, and you want to defend him. Why wouldn't you defend Matt? Yeah. Why are you the one that's making Matt's life miserable the way they made Mister Matod's life miserable? This kid starts crying, mm. just boom, and through this conversation, we come to find out that this kid's being abused at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So he's so angry. He's trying to find his place in the world, but all of a sudden he finds that place. Mister Matod yeah. has a story. You know, he took his story and he cha- he's changing lives. He changed mine. Mm. Well, I got a chance to meet him. He's an adult now. And I got a chance to meet him last summer. And it changed his whole world. He went yeah. into the military, went into police mm. work because he wants to defend human beings. Mm. And he ended up, he's a very large dude, he ended up going <laughs> back and beating the tar out of his stepfather. Wow. Mm. And it ended. But I mean, I think about that. We don't know. I mean, I don't remember who said it, but be kind because you don't know what somebody's going through. And right. Everybody's going part. through yeah. something. Nobody bullies out of joy.
1: No. Nobody that's joyful and grateful and has a great life is bullying other people. Right. It mm. comes from pain. Yeah. There's clearly a lot of hurt and a lot of pain going on and it's coming out this way. And so, as an adult, as a rational person, I'm like, oh, there must be something so terrible going on, and yet, if it's your kid that's being bullied, you're like, and not acceptable. Yeah. You know? Right.
3: Well, let's flip Hmm. it, and what if your kid is the bully? Oh, yeah. So, So what would you say to those parents? Let me ask
1: that, though, because I'm trying to wonder about that. How many parents are going to be present or cognizant enough to even know that their kid is the bully? Do you know what I mean? Right. I'm just basing this off like the home life can't be great if it's not the parents gonna be like wait what my kid's the bully like mm-hmm. but what do you do if you find out your kid is the bully mm-hmm. like they just figured out that's where their pe- source of power comes from they're feeling small they're feeling little for who knows what reason mm-hmm. they know meanness elicits a response and it's making them feel powerful mm-hmm. what do we do then
2: Well, and I think a lot of times um, a parent, I mean, you've got multiple issues with parents when it comes to a bully. Some parents are like the helicopter mama who doesn't want to admit her kid's ever wrong right? and goes in and is the worst bane to any teacher's life because the teacher is watching. My wife had that situation happen where she sees it with her own eyes, likes this kid, but has to send him down to the office Mm. because of what he's done. The mom comes in, complains to my wife that she doesn't like her son.
1: Uh, And my wife is like,
2: that's not true at all. I like your son a lot. I don't like his behavior and I'm not going to tolerate that behavior in my class. Mm. and i can't because it's a danger to another My kid child would
1: never do yeah. exactly
2: well and she said you're the fourth teacher that told me he's like this
1: <laughs> huh the writing's on let's the see let's do wall. the math so, i'm not even good at math <laughs> so that's an interesting so, one though when you've wow. got a parent that's like that's the fourth teacher you're all wrong like yeah, i'm um, taking him out of the school Yeah, no, that's the thing.
2: I'm just going to move him to another school. Great. Then that school gets the same problem. Yeah, because the problem isn't that kid. The problem is that mom.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because the
2: kid is unable to do anything he wants because he's always going to be protected for his behavior. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that might come out of and I'm not a psychologist. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze anybody, but I think some of that might come out of guilt. Yeah. Of course. You know, this kid's yeah. going through so much at home, I don't want him to go through anymore.
0: More, yeah.
2: Well, I don't want the whole school to go through. Oh, so why don't we deal with that child's problem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, the saddest thing for most bullies that I've encountered is that they've put themselves in a box of non-friendship.
1: Yes. yes and so when you lonely. get into that, you're lonely, lonely. Yeah. And... Mm. You know, Even I mean, if they've got their bully friends, they also know anything happens, they'll turn on me too. Yeah,
3: it's just a conspiracy. I'll it's turn on them, they'll turn friendship. on me.
2: It's oh. not friendship, it's no. not companionship. Mm. No, we've just joined together and forced to hurt other people.
1: You know what, I'll tell you what, that's interesting. We did get an email, you'll know this one, from a parent. Both parents work. One was going for an advanced degree and working. And their kids are with babysitters or nannies all the time. And they said, I parent out of guilt and I let my kid get away with all kinds of stuff because of it. Mm. I let them eat what they want. I let them do what they want. They can say whatever they want because I feel so bad for how little time I spend with them. The time I am with them, I don't want to be correcting them all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but your kid is so angry that you're never with them. They're acting up around you, trying to get you to enter. They're trying to get more attention from you. Any attention is good attention. The bad attention is it's attention. You're gone from morning till night. Right. The kid is lonely, Right. you right. know? And it's like, but but being, now I have to work because I got this degree and we've got all the student loans. It's like, well, it's at the expense of your kid.
2: Right, and you have your kids for such a short amount of time.
1: Such a short I time. I mean, it Here's goes, the
2: truth. talk to me, it goes fat. Yeah. I think
1: that's a yes and a no. They're in your home for such a short amount of time. If you develop that proper relationship with them, you get to be their parent all their life and their friend all their life. Do well, you know
2: no, I mean? that's absolutely true. But, but I think some kids, when they hit 18, they're like, I
1: am out. Out. I, was, I am uh, yeah. out.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of kids that don't want any more of home. Yeah. And um, well, you know, I think the thing about and we go back to what we talked about with shoulder time and I there's this really odd thing with males. And because I, I talk to a lot of men. <sighs> OK, so for instance, I have a brand new granddaughter. She's a little over a month old. I love holding her. Mm. I love the smell of a baby. I yeah. love holding her. My friends are like, but she's not doing anything. She doesn't have to. Yeah. She's just existing. Mean, she, and she's beautiful. She is. Congratulations. But, oh, I, yeah. can't, oh. I can't wait until she can play. I can't wait till she can throw a baseball. But what about right now? What about loving her right now where yeah. she is? No, you know what? I really like kids when they're... I don't get that. Like when they're seven, you know, then it's like, so you're not going to spend any time with your child yeah, until they're seven. I don't get it. Well, what I did was I told my wife when we met, I want to have seven kids. And she looked at me like I was nuts. (laughs) And then we had two colicky kids and that was the end of the story. But um, (laughs) but, We're in that club. But I was the one that just, oh my gosh, I've got my own little boy. I love him. I carry him around. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go home early, you know, and not every guy has that. But I'll tell you one thing. I was there with them through everything. Mm -hmm. And then when they were teenagers and having problems with girls or having problems at school, I was the one they would come and wake up in the middle of the night and say, dad, I need to talk. Yeah. And why? Because the relationship went all the way down to the beginning, not starting when they're seven, not starting when they're 13. That's not how this works. Well, when I can take them to a football game, you can take them to a football game in a snuggly, you know? Yeah. I mean, all they want to know is that they're important. And I think, you know, I think that's part of the big problem we have with the disconnect with bullies. And, you know, there was a very, very sad story that just happened, a bullying story just two or three nights ago that a, a young man killed himself. Mm. And he had sent a text to another boy in his high school. And it was kind of explicit about how much he liked him. And then everybody outed him and he didn't want to be outed. And so he killed himself. Oh my goodness. So now you have this mother who is grieving the fact that all these kids with their little iPhone weapons or also Androids. (laughs) I don't want to be, but um, with all of their weapons, they killed this kid by making him feel so small. Now, my head says, dude, it's going to be okay. You're going to get past this day. And But, you know, you have to talk to that kid about that. But that is the worst kind of bullying there is, is making somebody feel so terrible about themselves that they take their lives. But that is the stakes we're
1: at right now. You know what? That's an interesting one, Justin. I think parents sometimes forget the era that we're in. We think of what it was like when I was in school. Mm -hmm. We were at an event with a family that we're friends with. They had a sophomore and a senior. The sophomore was getting picked on by a kid and an altercation happened. There's a whole big circle and the sophomore's in the middle of the circle and this kid is you know, blah, 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 going on, and a kid runs out, cold cocks him, and then keeps running through the crowd. Well, guess what? Every kid there already had their cell phone on. So now there's a video of her son being punched by a bigger kid. Well, the senior finds out, tracks the kid down, and beats the snot out of him. We went to a fundraiser that night. At the fundraiser, somebody texts her a music video, multiple angles... Of her senior beating up another kid. I mean, this was three hours earlier. And she's like, are the police going to come to my house? I mean, what am I going to do? And was the kid right for... You've got all these things and emotions going on. This kid hurt her youngest one, right? And then now that kid has to live with the entire school having multiple music videos of him getting beaten up by the older son. Right because he did this thing from all these camera angles and all the kid reactions and all those things. We live in a weird era. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's
0: so weird. Oh yeah.
1: Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. Like my parents knew what was going on because I'd come home and I'm a bad liar and they didn't know what to do. But they weren't getting music videos of me getting beat up at school. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like right. that's a crazy, right. crazy era. This is an interesting one on social media. I was listening to Gary Vee, which I have to say this every time. Just be careful if you listen to Gary Vee. He is very blue, He curses all the time. But he was saying that we're addicted to the positive and the negative. We're addicted Mm -hmm. to the likes and we're addicted to the negative comments. And we give them so much weight that that's what's causing our depression. And we need to learn and we need to teach our kids to be comfortable in who you are so that you're not so affected by the positive you're not just what can i do to get the like what can i do to get right, the thumbs right. up or the negative right because if you're not so affected by the positive then you won't be so affected by the negative right well, well you true. didn't like my photo well so what who cares what you think i yeah. like this photo right. i took a good picture right right you know it's that well, and
2: that's, you know there's so much fat shaming there's so much you know ugly shaming all that stuff but it's all you turning on a device to look at it Yep. If you don't want to be, if you don't want to see it, don't look. I mean, if you know the kids are going to say mean things. Now, that's easy for me to say. I'm not living right, in that, that generation, but the strangest thing is when you see a post and it's a really very positive post and then the trolls go in and start making it Hammer a negative negative. Yep. and then people run after the, the troll gets more attention yeah. than the actual really good yeah, video yeah, you just yeah, watched. Yeah. And that's what the troll wants because a troll needs power and the troll is a bully online because mm. they have no power where they're at. You know, it's kind of like if you ever watch South Park and Cartman's down in the basement and you know, I mean, they're just in this weird world where, you know, I'm being noticed. Yeah. but nobody likes you yeah nobody likes you but i'm being noticed yeah well what is that saying about that person's life that Mm. that is feeding them
1: well the things we say Mm. online you could never get away with saying in person yeah except because we've been so free saying it online a lot of people are getting away with it in person it's just part of the culture now it's like no 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 they used to have a thing called those are fighting words Mm mm-hmm right oh yeah yeah it was like if you say that you know you've crossed a line to where if you get smacked <laughs> down it's like yeah uh, yeah you kind of I mean, had that coming right Probably had a, I yeah. never, no i mean this is the and this is terrible i shouldn't even say this and i'm gonna regret it when i'm done uh oh well i'm adopted after my, my my sister there were complications she had a full hysterectomy uh, after that she needed hormone replacement and so she would get home hormone replacement shots And you could tell if she hadn't had one because she kind of got cranky. Mm -hmm. Okay? Like what happened to me? Sure. Well,
3: (laughs) you're just trying to be nice.
1: (laughs) My mom.
3: Uh, (laughs)
2: You're talking about me. It's kind of weird that you call your wife your mom, dude. I was in... No, no, no. no. It's time to bully. Uh,
1: I was in the car with my mom one day and she was just laying into me. Just over all kinds of things. And I was a early teenager, and my big it so wasn't smart, a
2: great focus on the family at that moment.
1: Oh, uh, well, you know. My <laughs> smart teenage mouth goes, oh my goodness, have you had your shot yet? Oh, nice. And I got slapped right <laughs> in the mouth. Wow. I gotta tell you though, yeah. I knew I deserved it. You didn't say it yeah. again, did you? No, sir, I did not. It was like, ooh. <laughs> That was a, that may have been a good singer, right, but right. I for sure deserved that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like I gotta go tell my dad, Mom, slap me the mouth, he'd be like, What'd you do? Oh, I said this Well, you deserved yeah. that one and yeah. now here, you're gonna get another one. Come it, here, you now too. you're gonna get yeah. another one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, you know that I think that's one of the big differences I see with parenting now. My parents were like liberal educators, mm. but mm. my parents, you know, when there was a time to discipline, you know, yeah. especially my mom. My mom was a first generation immigrant. You didn't no. mess. No. And I remember that's I was in true. middle school. And we lived out in the country, so it was a good four miles from my middle school. And my mom came to pick me up after track practice, and she was like five minutes late. And I got in the car, I said, You're late. And my mom looked at me and she said, I know, I had a couple conferences at school. I said, I don't like waiting for you. And she said, You don't. Well, I'm sorry, but I had some conferences at school, and I, there was nothing I could do about it. I said, well, I, you know, if you're going to be late, just, you know, I'll go home some other way. My mom pulled the car over. She said, get out and walk home. You do not talk to me this way. Mm. I rushed to get you. And I was five minutes late. How dare you? And I was like, oh, okay, mom. She said, no, no. Okay. No, no. No. You blew it, boy. Yeah. Walk home. And after she track s- practice slam the door yeah and you yeah, know and I've been doing sprints and so you know I'm not <laughs> in any shape to walk four miles whole way home you're like
1: hmm, maybe I won't how could I that. not wind up in this position again <laughs> maybe.
2: maybe. now she' better not be 10 minutes late tomorrow but no yeah. but, but yeah. the point well, was was yeah. when my mom said get out she meant get out not yeah. if you say that one more time I'll never bring you back to this park. And then you see him again the next day at yep. the park. Well, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Those
1: you see here him nice. it is. the next minute. <laughs> it's when you just get in the gates of Disneyland and hear the parent going, if you do that again, we're going to turn right around and leave. No, you're not. No, you're not. You just you spend just $400. You just spend 120 bucks <laughs> per ticket. You're staying the rest uh, of the day. Oh, you're yeah, staying. You're going to yell at your kid the whole day and it'll be miserable for everyone. everyone <laughs> around you. Yeah, yeah You love know, yeah, yeah. You know
3: what my dad says. He says, get angry before you get angry. Yep. Get angry before you get angry. So Explain? Well, like Do being something clear. Do before you actually get angry. Yeah, like so many parents get mm. so frustrated and yeah. they are just can't figure out what they're doing and they just start yelling. And
1: Don't he- be the pressure cooker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's yeah.
3: like, no, just set the limits yeah. first. And, and my dad and talked about it.
1: that. Anger is not a good child motivator.
3: Yeah. Ever. Ever. It's no,
1: no, Ever. It's, it's fearful. Action, and... because here's the thing. What you find is if you get mad enough, the child will respond because they think an action is coming. Yeah. If no action comes, well, then that anger doesn't mean anything anymore. Never. And then no. for, you're going to have to get angrier the Liar. next time. Liar. Oh, well now I think something's going to happen. Oh wait, nothing happened again. It's not going to work. He's bluffing. And then, then, yeah. just, you, yeah. then it, you see the parents getting angrier and <laughs> yeah. angrier. Yeah. And the kids going, I don't care. Yes. yes. Well, you exactly. know, it's, it's interesting that
2: you say that because there was a point in my parenting when my boys were really little, my younger son was always kind of the one that pushed the limits with everything. Sure. He was the one my mom said, I hope you have one just like you. And yeah. I did. Oh Yeah. yeah. And I remember um, reading your dad's books and listening to your dad and there was something that your dad said that just clicked on in my head and it was about setting a boundary. Mm-hmm. You're the adult, set the boundary. And even, he, I remember the example he used, if you took your kid out on a balcony and there was no railing, would the kid just walk right up to where the railing would be? Or would there not be a safety there for them to do that? Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, That's interesting. So you need to be the railing. You need to put the boundary up and let them understand... The boundary is there and it is not moving because I'm your parent. For totally. sure. And it, I tell you what, that makes such a huge difference when a kid knows, okay, dad means business. Mom yep. means business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just get away with this because they're the boss right
1: now. Yeah. someone say, right. if you're arguing with, with a three-year-old, it's your fault. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: It's totally your fault. <laughs> what are you arguing? Yeah. You know, and going back to your video games, you know, mm-hmm. you were talking about your son just kicking your booty now. Oh my goodness. My four-year-old grandson tells me, I don't know how to play Mario.
3: Yeah. That's awesome. He beats me every time. That's He's
2: awesome. Four. <laughs> Ooh, yeah.
3: So I have a quick question um, yeah. before we finish up. Is there do you see bullying like within siblings and in the house? Are you seeing that when you're out speaking and stuff? Like the older siblings or the younger siblings bullying <laughs> each other? Sure, or?
2: sure. And I think that's always been the case. You know, okay. I, I mean, I think there's a normal sibling rivalry yeah. that takes place. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. And then there's the mean. And it goes back to my basic premise of bullying is did you mean that to cause injury? Right. You know? Okay. So like my big brother calls me and when he calls me, my wife only hears one side of the conversation. Yeah. And I'll get off the phone and she'll be like, Does he know fighting? how much you love him? Yeah. <laughs> does he know how much you love him? And of course he does. Well you don't sound like it. Yeah. You called him a butthead four times. Yeah. I said, I know, that's, that's I love you. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. But I've never heard yeah. my wife say that to either one of her siblings. No, no, no. You know, no. it just doesn't happen. Yeah.
1: But but that that's was a how big we're one wanted. when our kids are little, I absolutely and I tell parents this all the time. I don't put up with meanness. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No cruelty, no meanness. That right. is unacceptable yep. under any circumstance. Right. It doesn't matter how mad you are. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. Meanness is not. You get one sibling or however many. You, But that's it.
2: Yeah. And you see these adults that don't like each other at all. that grew up together because they oh, were we mean. Oh, we hear all the
1: time. I know. We but hear meanness all the time. But see, yeah. that,
2: I mean, for a parent to not intervene and say, wait a second. This isn't just normal. Because, yeah. you know, you go on a road trip, you're going to have kids arguing the whole way there yeah. and the whole way back. It's just kids. Sometimes adults are arguing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when they're trying to inflict injury, when right. there's a malicious intent in that comment, you know, like, I know my little sister is really self-conscious about being heavy. I don't mm-hmm. have a little sister, by the way. And so every time I see her, I'm going to say, wow, those jeans really make you look terrible. You don't look good. Yeah. That's trying to injure her. That's yeah. trying to hurt her. Yeah. You know, instead yeah. of saying something that might help boost her morale. Right. Mm-hmm. And I see that. I don't just see that with siblings. I see that with bullies. But I think if a sibling is doing it, it's got to stop. Yeah. yeah.
3: Got to yeah. interrupt Definitely. it.
2: Whether it's the younger or older, because the younger can be worse. For sure. Yeah. You know, because yep. they feel protected by mom and dad, you know.
0: Yeah.
3: Awesome. And it wow. goes back
2: to that whole size difference. You know, he's so much bigger than me. I can't bully him. Oh, yeah, so you, can. yeah you can. Yeah, yeah. I bullied my big brother really well with scary stories. We had a a couple
1: call us and their young daughter was bullying their older son with words. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you got to put a stop to it. Yeah, Totally unkind. It's not appropriate. And she was like, but I'm small. Yeah, so
2: what? You're small and unkind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly right. You've got resources too. I'm going to pull them down. I love it. These are for kids. Mm. And here's the thing. If parents are looking for a resource to talk to your kids about bullying, if it's going on, Sometimes it's easier with an introduction with a book. You've yep. got, I think my dog might be a nerd, and
3: I think my cat might be a geek.
1: Yeah, and it goes through humor. It's mm. humor is a really interesting thing. There was a great TED talk on how humor can change minds uh, faster than almost anything else. Whether it's religion, politics, you know, mm-hmm. all those things, humor can change a mind, and sometimes when your kid is experiencing bad things, they don't want to talk to you about it, they don't want to tell you about it, reading mm-hmm. a book with them, mm-hmm. especially a humorous one, can really open those conversational doors, mm-hmm. and so we definitely recommend these. What's your other one you've got over here? There's a
2: six book series, um, it's called the GP series, and it's all told by a, f- a kid named Gabriel Peters, and um, in the first book, he's being bullied at school. I borrowed my own experiences from my school time. Oh, it's you. And he's being bullied at school. I see school. the eye patch. Yeah. And when the eye patch comes off, he's still a superhero. But, um, you know, so it, it goes through the, you know, from fourth to eighth grade, um, this group of kids that are, you know, traveling life's way. And yeah. his little group of kids always encounter bullies, sometimes teachers, and they know how to outsmart them. And that's the whole thing is just outsmarting a bully just by, mm. again, pulling the power plug.
3: I love that example, just pulling the power plug. Yeah, That's such a great distinction to teach people of all ages, yeah. right? Even yeah. if, they're, if I run across moms who are you know, struggling with their image, their body image, and, yeah. um, you know, just unplug the power. from yeah. if, if it's Instagram, if it's Facebook, just unlock it. Go that. on a
2: 10-day fast and watch yeah. how much better you feel. 10-day fast from Instagram, you know? Yeah, oh, exactly. Thank, thank
1: you. I'm like, wait, what? I'm wait, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like okay, it. no, no, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I Mr. Whole30. This is the last one. It's hilarious. <laughs> I just picked up the one. Uh, the Gabriel Book of World Records. Mm-hmm. So I just found a box that said, Ryan's Childhood Memorabilia Unsorted. And it's literally... Unsorted. It is every paper I got from like kindergarten through sixth grade. Mm -hmm. Every birthday card, every Christmas, everything. It's all my reports. And it's totally unsorted. I found a letter to me from Guinness Book of World Records... I had written them asking what the longest paperclip chain was because I was going to do the world record paperclip chain. Oh. And I think in the letter it says some were several miles long. And I was like,
2: oh, <laughs> I better get to work. <laughs> probably not going to
1: break that one. <laughs> better uh, but choose
2: another that one. Got that. I've got 50 feet. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and just going back to one thing you said that I think is so important because I had a middle school teacher just... Confront me about this. Mm. And and it was kind of a confront, it was a good confrontation. Mm. But he said to me, You know, when you do your assemblies, you talk about how you got out from under the bullies by using your sense of humor. What do you say to a kid who's not funny? Yeah, I we mean, were
3: just having that talk this morning with Producer K. Because yeah.
1: so, there's lots of kids that aren't that funny. That are not funny. Or that are, but when they're in that situation, no, it's they're, impossible. They're terrified. They're scared.
2: Yeah. So one example of that was um, I, I visit Surprise, Arizona all the time. Right. And I was in this middle school. And at the end of one of my assemblies, this little boy came up to me. When I say little boy, he's a seventh grader, but he was very small for his age. Mm. And he came up and he said, Mr. Matad, I get picked on by three guys just like you did. Mm. And I said, why are they picking on you? I don't know. They don't like me. Well, okay. And he says, but I'm not like you. I'm shy. And I, it's all I can do to come up and talk to But My teacher made me do it. Mm. And I mean, I'm not funny. I don't have jokes. I don't, there's no way. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. What do you do better than anyone else in your school? So what I'm asking is, what did God gift you yeah. in a very specific way that you could use? And he looks at me and goes, well, I do college math. And I was like, you're a seventh grade and you're doing college math. I didn't like doing college math in college. Yeah, right. and, and, he <laughs> said, yeah. and I said, well, what about those three boys? Are they really good at math? He goes, no, they're terrible. I said, well, that's the problem. They don't like you because they envy you because you're good at something they're not good at. So let's turn the tables. What did I do? I made them laugh. What can you do? Help them with their math well, they won't let me help him. I said, they won't let you help them as long as you think they won't let you. Yeah. Just offer it. Just say, if you guys are struggling in math, I could help you if you just leave me alone. Just yeah. try that. And he's like, no, that's not going to work. And I said, well, I'm just trying to give you tools because you're really good yeah. at math. That's your gift. See what you could do with it. Well, a month later, I get a, an email from his mother. And she said, Mr. Matat, you're in my son's school and you had a little talk with him after an assembly. And I just want to tell you, that talk changed my son's life. Wow. Because what happened was the teacher got him to offer his help. Now the kid's parents are paying my son $10 an hour for tutoring. Whoa. And he just That's had a birthday party. and It was the first time anybody ever came. And it was wow. those three boys. Wow. So this kid used his math, making money. And ended up with three friends that were just jealous of him. They picked on him because they were envious of something he had. Now, he doesn't seem like the kind of kid that was bragging about being good at math, but they saw it and they felt inadequate. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so what they did was they used their size to make him feel small. Hmm. Well, he turned the tables and now they're his friends. Now, who knows where that's going to go? Those could be lifelong friends, you know. So
3: So just finding out their unique gifting and using it as
1: a... Yeah, what do you do? And any kid in that position is at first going to say, I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's oh, trying different venues and different avenues. My birthday's in July, so I never had a party during school. So I never, you know. August, I'm with you. There yeah. you go. And seventh grade, not doing well. And my mom goes, let's have a party. And I was like, what? No. Like, I don't know anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so she said you can invite X number of kids, like let's say it's ten. I don't know. I invited ten kids I thought would come. I did not invite popular kids because they wouldn't come. And I didn't want to have a party with nobody there. <laughs> right. Craziest thing. All the kids that I invited were like, oh yeah, we're going to party at your house for sure. We'll definitely go. Cause it was kids that normally maybe weren't getting invited, or it was just people that I thought mm. were, you know, would come. Popular kids found out were mad. All of a sudden, I've got these kids talking to me like, hey, man, where's our invite? Like, we want to come to the party. Like, what are you talking about? Mm. None of them were invited because I didn't think they'd come. And now they're feeling left out for the maybe first time. Mm. And it was like, Mm. we don't like being left out. We want. And I tell my mom, like, all these popular kids want to come. She's like, okay, you can invite like X number more. So I invite them. They all show. Mm. I used to read. I just found one in my box of memorabilia. Choose your adventure books. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And my mom had a little basket on the back of our toilet with Choose Your Own Adventure books in it. And I'll never forget one of these popular kids. I wish I remember his name. I won't say it. I don't remember anyway. Was like, oh my goodness. Ah, you read da, 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 da. And I I was such a voracious reader. (laughs) My knee jerk. Because my natural response would have been like, oh no, I'm so embarrassed. My knee jerk, I was like, So? Like, I love to read. Mm-hmm. And I went, so? And he goes... Yeah, unplugged. Instantly. Unplugged. I was telling Laura the story when I found the book because it was such a monumental time in my life. I told yeah. producer Kay that story not long ago. Mm. He went, oh, no, no, I like those books too. And I remember being so shocked at the reaction because it was like, what are you doing saying so what to a popular right, kid? Right. And then his response was such a backpedal first time I ever experienced that. And I'll mm. never, I mean, I'm 49 years old. This is when I was in the seventh grade. Yep. But I remember thinking, oh, it took your power away. Mm. Me not caring yeah. gave me more power.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, and probably in that popular kid's point of view, your esteem went up in his eyes. Yep. Now yeah. I want to like him because, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but the thing is, is, you know, like the popular kids in high school, they're these somehow elected kids that are the elite group that don't like anyone else, yeah. but like one of those super popular kids in my high school is a good friend of mine now, and you know I've asked him questions like, "So what was it like to be so popular?" He said, "Oh, I w- I was really a lonely person. Mm. How are you lonely? You were like really popular." He yeah. says, "Well, I mean, I would go to the parties, but then I didn't have any real friends. Yeah. Whoa, right? And they you know have, they have this clique of kids who never talk about anything about." other than being popular. Yeah. So it's like, oh. and I'm talking to my friends about Mad Magazine, you know, we're just they, know, yeah. trading, trading hot uh, rod yep. cards and stuff. And, you know, we're in ninth grade, you know, and yeah. we're doing stuff we did in elementary school, but we're friends. Right. We're having fun. Yeah. We're spending the night in each other's tents in the backyard and we're, we're dorks. Yeah. You know, we're a bunch of nerds. Yeah. But we had friendship. Yeah, yes. And so we weren't friendship. lonely. Mm-hmm. When you get put wow. up on a pedestal, it's a lonely place. For because sure. everybody wants to knock you off that pedestal. Yes. So you've got to keep that position by keeping everybody at bay. Mm. Well, that means you're never vulnerable. Yep. So those kids, when you see them in a junior high or a high school, when you walk in there and you see the super cool kids strutting, I always think differently after talking to my friend because I'm bet. like, "You're a lonely kid," I bet. and if you just talk to these nerds over here, you could really have friends. Sure, mm. you know, but they have to isolate themselves to keep their popularity in yeah. quotes. Yeah, oof, it's
1: a tough one. Yeah. Hey, we've done an hour straight. Thank you so <laughs> wow. much. Thank
3: you. So I much, appreciate Justin. it. It was yeah,
1: a great broadcast. Well, thank you. Definitely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. For sure. Thanks, Rebels. We appreciate you. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, Rebels. Thanks for sharing this with your friends and family. If you know someone that's being bullied or struggles with that, pass this program along to them. I think it might help. Thank you to our sponsor, The Voice of the Martyrs, helping those being persecuted for our gospel for more than 50 years. The Voice of the Martyrs. Persecution.com is their website. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon.
3: Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House, and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting—and everyone does—you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word Rebel to 444999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.